Welcome to In The Know, a podcast hosted by Caitlin Dager and Samara Delmenico, where we take a deep dive into the boring stuff to bridge the gap between the law and young people. In other words, giving you your legally blonde moment. I object. Hello and happy Wednesday, dear listener friends. Today, listener friends. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't heard that one before. Today we are again delving into employment because it seems to be a popular topic amongst you. If you are in Victoria, you would be aware that last Friday we had another ease of restrictions that spelled the permanent end for work from home for many office workers. So on today's show, we thought it was fitting that we discuss whether or not you, the lovely and grateful and well-informed employee you are, (laughs) can request to work from home under your baseline employment standards. But first, Caitlin, how was your week? Well, I have officially survived, I guess, pending uh, full-time work and full-time uni for the last four weeks. Hooray! I've had a few mental breakdowns along the way, not going to lie. Did cry a lot on Monday night, but it's fine. It We're was pushing okay. through. We're okay. Did write a take-home assignment in the morning before <laughs> a competition, which my cheer team, we competed on the weekend on Sunday, and we hit zero, which is basically cheer terminology for hitting a routine where nothing falls to the floor. Um, a near perfect near, run. Yeah, near yeah. perfect run. We're really excited about it. We came first. It was a really great comeback for the season. 380 mm-hmm. something days since we last competed. It was really exciting. And then I hit a wall. But now we're back. Mm-hmm. Part time work. So hopefully next time I'm on this pod, I'm feeling fresh after the Easter break and on top of my life again. Samara. What about you? What's the week been like? (sighs) A bit of a week, actually. So I'm getting back on my feet. I'm starting to get a little bit of energy, which is lovely. I went and watched your competition, Mm. which was so lovely. It was obviously lovely to get to watch you compete, but also like self-servingly. It was super fun to get to go and be in the environment. And I don't know, it just... It made me really grateful in a super corny way to get to be back and that we worked so hard in all of those lockdowns that this year hopefully we can have a semblance of a normal year. But anyway, I also started watching the TV show Parenthood again. I don't know if you've ever watched it. But I used to watch it with my mum and it's just like a super wholesome show about the Bravemans who they're like this family of four who then all have their own kids and they like catch up for Sunday dinner every night and it's like just about the trials and tribulations of their lives and it's just a super wholesome show. So if you haven't watched it, it's on Amazon Prime and I really, really recommend it. Wow, I didn't realise we were a podcast that was doing recommendations now. I did not come prepared. No, it's super wholesome and it's made me really, really miss my family and so I'm so excited to see them on Easter it's been a long time coming I get like a whole like five or six days with them yeah so lovely basically unheard of no yeah so that's our week yeah that was really sweet yes into the episode with that yeah before we get into the episode just a quick disclaimer In the Know podcast and affiliated content are for information purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice on any matter. For the full disclaimer and further information, please refer to our show notes. As we said in our introduction, today we are discussing whether or not you can request flexible working arrangement under your baseline employment standards. What are baseline employment standards is a great question. 
These are the National Employment Standards, or NES. And yes, you probably have heard us mention that quite a lot of times in the past, but a girl's got to know her minimum rights. Am I right? Absolutely. Now, these NES rights are found in the Fair Work Act 2009 under Section 61. If you don't know what they are, it is your lucky day because we are going to explain them for you. Gosh, we're good, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) The NES are the 10 minimum employment entitlements that are provided or must be provided rather to all employees. Together with the national minimum wage, the NES makes up the minimum entitlements for employees in Australia. This part is important though. An award, employment, contract, enterprise agreement or other registered agreement cannot provide for conditions that are less than the national minimum wage or the NES. They can't exclude the NES and you must receive at a minimum your rights under the NES and minimum wage, which is why this episode is so critical. Absolutely. So we'll quickly run through the 10 minimum requirements and then we'll look at each one in a bit more detail. So, the 10 minimum entitlements of the NES are maximum weekly hours, requests for flexible working arrangements, parental leave and related entitlements, annual leave, personal carers leave, compassionate leave and unpaid family and domestic violence leave, community service leave, long service leave, public holidays, notice of termination and redundancy pay and the fair work statement. So let's quickly go through these one by one. A full explanation of these are actually also available in the Fair Work Act, which we will link in the show notes. But of course, as the lovely, generous people we are, we will also run you through them now. So the first one, maximum weekly hours. Basically, the crux of it is that an employer must not request or require an employee to work more than 38 hours For full-time employees or the lesser of 38 hours or the employee's ordinary weekly hours if not a full-time employee, unless the additional hours are reasonable. Ah, reasonableness, our favourite word in the law. Interestingly enough, though, all through the Fair Work legislation that I looked at for the research of this episode, they actually provide you with examples of what needs to be considered for reasonableness oh that's good yeah actually helpful for once that's nice the only time yeah literally an employee may refuse unreasonable additional hours and there is specification as i said of what reasonable is that we're not going to discuss however if that's something that you need clarification on the fair work ombudsman or fair work commission is a Mm -hmm. great place to go to great tool online as well as over the phones yes their website is ridiculously easy to navigate and comprehensive too might i add yeah okay number two of the nes request for flexible working arrangements so this is kind of tying into the topic of what Mm. we're trying to get at Mm. uh, today isn't it and what we'll loop back to at the end yeah so there are a number of circumstances where an employee can request flexible working arrangements including the employee is a parent or carer the employee has a disability or is over 55 the employee is experiencing family violence or supporting an immediate family member experiencing family violence and just to note there that's not an exhaustive list which means Mm -hmm. there may be situations outside of those ones we just mentioned which employees are then allowed to request for flexible working arrangements or as a result exactly so this request must be in writing and it must outline the details of the change sought and the reasons An employer must then respond within 21 days and can only refuse on reasonable business grounds. Reasonable yet again. But examples given by the legislation are if it's too costly or if there's no capacity 
for you to be able to work from home. <laughs> Which will be interesting in light of the whole COVID situation with yeah. so many people showing or businesses showing they actually do have that capacity where they mm-hmm. may have previously denied having it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the setup, if they're already set up, they can't claim that it's too costly or that there's no yeah. capacity or anything like that. So I, I really think the next few months, the next year or so well, will partic- be really interesting. Particularly with the easing of restrictions down here in Victoria, I think yeah. watch this space, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, on to number three then, parental leave and related entitlements. We actually discussed leave in depth in our episode, Take It or Leave It, from a couple of weeks ago. So we will skim over the next five, but if you want more details, check out that episode and we will chuck a link to that, Mm -hmm. of course, in the show notes. Of course. The show notes for this one's going to be chockers. Uh As I was writing the notes, I was like, whew. Yeah. So in terms of parental leave and related entitlements then, if an employee has been in with an employer for in excess of 12 months. An employee is actually entitled to 12 months unpaid parental leave if the leave is associated with the birth of a child of the employee or the employee's spouse or de facto partner or the placement of a child with the employee for adoption and the employee has or will have a responsibility for the care of the child. So quite broad, really. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why, but it makes me really happy that adopted children Mm. are included in that. But, I mean, even under the law, they've now been reflected to be kind of considered children for instances of estates. And yes, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah if, they have. if they're registered as kind of your the carer and mm. they're considered your child, which yeah. as they should be, right? But, yeah, I had yeah. the same thought. Right? The law is kind of a historic and archaic sort yeah. of slow-moving um, machine. Yeah. I don't know. I thought maybe more rejoice would have happened when it happened. It just kind of went out of the radar, like, duh, yeah. of course we did that. Yeah. And moving on to annual leave. So for each year of service with an employer, a full-time employee is entitled to four weeks of paid annual leave. In some circumstances, this can be increased to five, for example, if you're a shift worker, but this will be detailed in your award. And again, always refer back to our earlier episode, Take It or Leave It, if you want some more detail as to these ones. Mm -hmm. Next up, number five of the NES, we have personal carers leave, compassionate leave, and unpaid family and domestic violence leave. For each year of service with an employer, a full-time employee is entitled to 10 days of paid personal carers leave, which accrues progressively during a year of service according to the employee's ordinary hours of work and accumulates from year to year. We won't go through kind of what's the difference between compassionate leave or unpaid carers, family or violent domestic violence leave, but jump onto the Fair Work website if you want to read up on that. Now, this one we didn't talk about in our leave entitlements episode, so I did want to bring it up because mm-hmm. I thought it was quite cool and I didn't actually know that it existed. We'll talk about community service leave now. An employee who engages in an eligible community service activity is entitled to be absent from his or her employment for a period if... The period consists of one or more of the following. Time when the employee engages in the activity, reasonable travelling time associated with the activity, and reasonable reasonable rest time immediately following the activity. Unless the activity is jury service, the employee's absence is reasonable in all the circumstances. Now, when I first read this, I was like, oh, so you can just volunteer anywhere mm. and get it on community service leave. But it seems that under the legislation it's only for very stringent Mm -hmm. community service so a good example with this 
of this would be the volunteer firefighters who got taken to the front lines of the fires in early 2020 or the volunteer SES workers who are currently deployed assisting with the Queensland and New South Wales floods that are currently going on. Yeah, I actually had a a science teacher back in high school Mm. who was a CFA volunteer and often I I was quite um, out of north where my school was, so kind of like close to like Whittlesea and sort of Mm. I guess towards King Lake, that sort of way. Um, And they... He used to often be taken out of work because he would get a call on his pager to go and assist in them. So I'd assume that now, looking back, this would mm. have been covered under his community service leave. Yeah, super yeah. interesting. Good good provision to have, right? Yeah. And the final one in the leave part of this episode, long service leave. Again, jump onto our leave episode for the nitty-gritty of this, but quickly... Usually after seven years of continuous service at one employer, an employee will then be entitled to long service leave. This There is also a handy-dandy calculator on the Victorian government's website, which we will, of course, link in the show notes. You're obsessed with that calculator. I literally mentioned it once. I think on the leave episode, you actually mentioned it a lot. I just like not having to work it out myself. It's really weird when everything's pro rata, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right, number eight, so getting towards the end now. Public holidays. An employee is entitled to be absent from their employment on a day or part day public holiday in a place where the employee is based for work purposes. So if your office is in Victoria, you will follow Victorian public holidays. However, an employer may request an employee to work on a public holiday if the request is reasonable. An employee may refuse if the request is not reasonable or if their refusal is reasonable. Reasonable so many times. Wow. Literally so many times. There are a bunch of criteria specified when discussing what is reasonable, such as the amount of notice the employee has been given. For a personal anecdote, such example, the current law that I work in at um, the law firm, it's... I work based in the Victorian CBD office, but we service the whole of Australia. Mm. So on Victorian public holidays, I'm still receiving contact or calls and discussions from people who are in Queensland or the NT, yeah. et cetera, who aren't on a public holiday. So it was considered reasonable in that instance for me to be working on a Victorian public holiday mm. because my job requires me to service all of Australia. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a good example of yeah. when it would be reasonable in an otherwise, I guess, office-like job. Yes. To work on a public holiday. Yes, but you also received penalty rates. Yeah, as well, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean, that was a very good, <laughs> that's a good, a very important. Yeah, yeah, so true. Um, how did I forget that? Yeah, how did you forget the what eighty dollars an hour you got? Oh, crazy, right? <laughs> Number nine: notice of termination and redundancy pay. So. If an employer has to terminate your employment, they cannot do that unless they've given you notice, written notice, on the day of termination, which cannot be before the day that the notice is given. So basically, your employer can't say to you that you're fired effective yesterday. Mm -hmm. The minimum amount of notice an employer can an employer has to give is calculated by the time of continuous service at that establishment. So if you've worked there for not more than one year, it is a week. If you've worked there between one and three years, it's two weeks, between three and five years, three weeks, and then more than five years is four weeks. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, or least important of our 10 NES 
You think minimum the, the least important? No, and I said not least important. I oh. did a lot of double negatives. Yeah, it was a bit confusing. Sorry. Anyways, last one on a battle list today, but definitely not not important. I did it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> last, anyways. but certainly not least. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. The Fair Work Information Statement. So, and employer must give each employee the Fair Work Information Statement before or as soon as practicable after the employee starts employment. The Fair Work Information Statement is prepared by the Fair Work Ombudsman and is published in the Gazette. If the change, if it changes, it must then be republished. I find it so funny that there is, it's called the Government Gazette. Yeah. And it's basically where all the boring law stuff is yeah. published. And I, I don't really know if anyone ever reads it, but it's like a formality thing. Mm. Yeah. 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 I remember learning about it in legal studies. Can yeah. I tell you why now it's important? Yeah. Never mentioned in a law school. So <laughs> can't be that important, right? <laughs> Anyways, you can also get a copy of this information statement on the Fair Work website. However, the statement must contain information, or rather the statement does contain information about the following, the NES, modern awards, agreement making under the Fair Work Act, the right to freedom of association, the role of the Fair Work Commission and Fair Work Ombudsman, termination of employment, individual flexibility arrangements, and right of entry. So this includes stuff like the protection of personal information by privacy laws. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really handy kind of user-friendly document to yeah. um, Super good to refer to. Yeah, super easy to look up, gives you all kind of the key facts um, and kind of where to look, I guess. Mm. That made it sound really kind of complex and scary, but yeah, it's really easy to access. So I would yeah. recommend if you want to brush up to start off there. Yeah. Well, even if you're not starting employment, like there's no reason why you couldn't just download it and have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like good baseline information to know. Yeah, for sure. Just as yeah. kind of in, just as an informed individual in society. Exactly. So we'll just quickly touch on casual employees and the NES. So casual employees, unfortunately, do not get all the rights that full-time, part-time employees get. They only get the NES entitlements in relation to unpaid carers leave, unpaid compassionate leave, unpaid family and domestic violence leave, community service leave, and the Fair Work Information Statement. In some states and territories, however, long-serving casuals are actually eligible for long-service leave. Where there is an expectation of ongoing work for a casual and the casual has the casual has been employed regularly and systematically for at least 12 months, they do also have extra entitlements under the NES. So this might be something like... Uh, uh, you hear the term a lot, full-time casual. Yeah. And I say that with air quotes because it, it's not really something that exists. Mm. But basically when you are technically a casual but you have set hours, set responsibilities, etc. Yeah, and for that extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So for at least that 12-month period... And those extra NES entitlements are the right to request for flexible working arrangements and access to parental leave. Very interesting. Now, let's move on to what we're here for and the final little part of this episode. If you've made it here, thank you so much for sticking with us. I feel like this one is a bit of a, an information-heavy one, actually. But this is the interesting stuff, so yes. you'll be grateful you stuck, you stuck around. around. So, we will talk about whether or not employees working from home may rely on the NES right to resist turning, returning to the office. 
So for context, we, ex- we obtained this info from an article published in the Employment Law Handbook Weekly Bulletin. We've not interpreted the legislation or the cases, and if you're in a situation where an employer has unreasonably, or you believe they have unreasonably, refused a request for flexible working arrangements, please do contact the Fair Work Commission, and have we mentioned before, it's completely free. Free, free, free. So, with that aside, let's get into it. Many employers who implemented work-from-home arrangements during the pandemic are experiencing resistance from some employees when requesting their return to the workplace. I personally Mm. have really enjoyed being back in the office. I feel like it's really great for my motivation. I really like going somewhere else to be able to do my work. But it's also really nice for lifestyle to have that balance. Yeah, or I guess like to know the options there because I would say I'm the same. I quite like being in the like, office. I like get the in, get it done. I like being in the CBD when I'm yeah. working. Like, I don't know. It's just a cool feeling to mm-hmm. have and, and to be part of that after kind of watching people do it for so long, yeah. right? And chatting to your colleagues. Yeah. There'll be people listening to this and be like, oh, girls, just wait until your <laughs> 20 years in the workplace and the juniors coming up to you bright and early on a Monday morning after your kid didn't sleep. But Yes, well, we are the juniors. So. Yeah. <laughs> so let us, let us be bright and happy and perky. But I do agree, like, if, if situations do come up where, for example... You have to pick up a package from the post office because mm. it only operates nine to five and yeah. you know that you have no other option. Or you have a doctor's appointment. Yeah, even for trivial things though, like mm. to have the ability to work from home that one day. Or if an electrician is coming yeah. but they can only give you Rental an Rental S- inspections. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. A multitude of reasons why it's a lot better. Or if you have to go on a holiday straight after work or anything like that. It just really, or if you're tired or a little bit sick. You know when you're like sick but not sick enough not to work. Yeah, yeah, But definitely. you're too sick to travel to work. Yeah. Like, I don't know. No, yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's definitely reasons to do it, and I think almost like at least what's happened with me, knowing I do have the ability to work from home has made me come into the office more often because I'm like, no, I'm making a yeah. genuine cho- choice to come in because I do like I have now recognized the benefits of being in office. Like I'm yeah. not having that dread every time because I know I have no other no option. other option. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I agree completely. So these employees may. The employees who are resisting may have a right under the Fair Work Act 2009, as we were talking about before, to request a work from home arrangement. As we discussed earlier, though, this right is contained in the NES. Now, it is important that the NES right right now is not a right to work from home, but rather it is just the right to request to work from home. So mm-hmm. there's a key distinction there. Yeah, that request rather than the right is super, super important. Yeah. The request needs to be grounded in a defined need, which, as we said, includes parental responsibilities, carer responsibilities, disability, or if you're experiencing family violence. And very importantly, the employee must have had at least 12 months of service. Mm-hmm. So then I guess the question comes, Mara, when can an employer refuse the request? So grounds for the employer to refuse a request for flexible working arrangements, such as working from home, include cost. But it's important to note here that the cost must be excessive, not inevitable small adverse impacts and that was decided from a case we won't bore you with the details yeah so I think this is interesting just to touch on it for a second Mm. about that excessive cost because we alluded to it earlier that given we all kind of were set up to work from Mm. home for some period of time the cost has already been implemented so in terms of a grounds and I would assume quite a lot of employers did use this ground previously to set up work from home it's not really a ground to stand on anymore because I mean it's already set up right yeah exactly 
The second one is incapacity to reorganize the work arrangements of other employees to accommodate the request. There then is impracticality of any arrangements that would need to be put in place to accommodate the request. That includes the need to recruit replacement staff. Significant loss of efficiency or productivity and significant negative impact on customer service. I just want to touch here for a sec on the significant loss of efficiency or productivity because I predict that employers will use that one. Oh, yeah. Because in terms of like team collaboration Mm -hmm. and, and things like that and kind of, I guess, general research about working in your bedroom versus working in your office. I yeah. wonder what will come out of the interpretation of that mm. when an employer does decide they deny on that ground. I'm yeah. just interested. I'm, I'm not kind of alluding to anything yeah. or giving any sort of advice, but I just think that that kind of stuck out to me when we were reading through those. Yeah, and I also think, at, like, even when we first went work from home at the start of last year, I think a lot of employers were really worried about productivity and worried that because employees were at home and in their space and not necessarily being monitored in the same way that they would be at work that people will take advantage of that and just do nothing yeah and I think we've realized for the most part that wasn't the case Mm. and I mean they shouldn't expect to be the case anyway you're paid to do a job right yeah have some faith in your employees yeah um and I think also interestingly enough this kind of I guess decision on whether or not refusing a request was reasonable or, or allowed really comes down to kind of weighing up the personal circumstances relied upon by the employee against the extent of the cost and impact on the business of allowing the request. Mm. So that's kind of what what would be looked at by the Fair Work Commission or or a court if they need to make a determination on this. Yeah, so it's really that balancing up of what's going to be more beneficial. Yeah, exactly. And I guess work-life balance is now getting kind of a little bit of a priority. Yeah, what what a time for it. I know. So let's take you to a quick case. Ooh, our first one on the pod. Yeah, monumental. We actually said that we weren't going to talk very much about cases on the podcast when we first started the podcast because we're really, really worried about giving legal advice and it's a, a very grey area. And Especially now you're a lawyer. Yeah, I know. Um, but... This case was already summarised for us from a reputable source, so we decided to put it in there just for a little bit of interest, something a bit different. Yeah, and we will, of course, provide that resource in our show notes if that's mm-hmm. something you want to look back on and read yourself. Yep. As we said, not our interpretation. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's take you through it then. So recently-ish, just. A decided case, Phillips against Integrated Medical Solutions Group, which occurred in 2019, there was a medical receptionist who claimed her employer had forced her to resign because they refused to accept her request for working hours of 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with most or half of all school holidays off. Now, then the Fair Work Commission noted that the NES right to request is not an entitlement to demand fewer working hours. The employee repeatedly, reasonably and professionally corresponded with the employee about the reduced hours of work it could accommodate. It offered to the employee the opportunity of part-time work, of six hours a day and less a half-hour unpaid meal break during school hours. Alternatively, it invited the employee to return as a casual employee. Mm -hmm. And the Fair Work Commission actually ruled that the employer was not unreasonable in its refusal of the request and it met all its obligations to respond appropriately to what is understood was a flexible work arrangement request. So essentially it just means you can't take your employer for a ride either, right? So it's not a free-for-all now. It it has to genuinely be reasonable and genuinely have a reason behind it. Yeah, absolutely. 
So that that's quite an interesting de- decision and I guess a uh, reminder to all employees as well that you can't just expect to have your employer jump through hoops. Yeah. They can come to meet you halfway. Yes, sir. So situations where you can't refuse the request. Refusing an employee's request to work from home on grounds of age, disability or parental and carer responsibilities may actually amount to direct discrimination if it is different treatment to employees who can make the request for other reasons. Mm. So say you have an employee who requests to work from home because they have a doctor's appointment that day and then you have another employee who requests to work from home on a different day, same sort of circumstances in the office, etc. but it's because they need to look after a sick child then and you then refuse it that may be a situation yeah yeah really really careful yeah and again if either you're an employee or an employer it's always best to get advice in this regard yeah for your specific situation specific business etc Yes. Well, without further ado, Caitlin. Now you are in the know. (laughs) We are exhausted. So we're going to wrap this up really, really quickly. All today's sources are in the show notes. If this has brought anything up for you, please, 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 please get in touch with Fair Work, a lawyer. Job watch. Any kind of relevant body that may jump out at you. We are a tiny independent podcast recording this from various locations in our very, very busy life. Your support means the world to us and it's what's going to keep us going. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify or your favourite pod streaming service. I'm trying to do this without my notes and I'm doing it from memory. Please follow us on Instagram at in the know underscore podcast. That is all from us today, guys. Thank you and see you later.